Welcome to See It Our Way, a student-run podcast from the Foundation for Blind Children's Adult Services Comprehensive Program, located in Phoenix, Arizona. Our goal is for listeners to see it our way and learn about journeys through life with low vision and blindness. This podcast hopes to raise awareness and help listeners understand how we go about our daily lives during and after vision loss. You will hear stories of hope and perseverance, creating a conversation about how life with vision loss is not worse, just different. Welcome to See It Our Way. I'm Matthew Bullis, and this time, Mary Beth, our ADL instructor, will be facilitating a discussion talking about healthcare issues in addition to visual impairment. Mary Beth? Hello. I am really excited to have this discussion. I think it's an important topic, and I think a lot of people will be able to relate to it. But first, I would like everybody to introduce themselves so the audience knows who's here. Hi there. My name's Joseph, and I'm a student at FBC. Hi there. My name is Daniel, and I'm a student at FPC. Hello, my name is Norma, and I'm a student in FPC. And Norma, you've been on this podcast before. Welcome back. Thank you. Hi, my name is Christy, and I'm also a student here at FPC. So first, I want to talk about some experiences you all have had interacting with people in the healthcare system. You can talk about positive experiences, negative experiences, and then we're going to shift gears to talking about ways to handle those experiences. So whoever feels comfortable going first, I'd like you to talk about an experience where you had to self-advocate. This is Joseph. I went to the emergency room uh, a couple months ago for a an issue unrelated to my vision loss and went in a big rush. So I wasn't able to grab any of my assistive technology devices or anything like that. So I was kind of unprepared for that initial point in time when you kind of get processed, when uh, they get all your information and that kind of stuff. Because of the pandemic related issues, I was unable to have anyone accompany me into the hospital. I just kind of had to explain to the receptionist that I'm visually impaired and I'm unable to fill the paperwork out unassisted. And after some initial awkwardness, they were able to figure out what was going on and they were able to assist me with filling out that paperwork. However, once they learned about my vision loss, that kind of got in the way a little bit of the initial issue I was actually at the emergency room for. But once I conveyed to them that what I actually needed help with and what I didn't need help with, they were more able to kind of assist me and do what needed to be done in kind of a timely fashion. Thanks so much for sharing that, Joseph. I think the unfortunate thing is that experience is more common than I think people realize. And I'd love to hear from Norma. What has been your experience going to the doctor? Have you had more positive experiences? Maybe you didn't get the treatment that you needed, or have you found that you were able to get assistance, whether it was with paperwork or anything like that? Sure. I had a bad experience two years ago. So I went to the laboratory for myself. So I wasn't able to log in in those uh, computers. So I asked the front desk lady, I need help. I told her I'm legally blind, so I need help. And she started to ask me a lot of questions like how I get there, why nobody's with me. And I was in shock because most of the time the people want to help me. But this time it was a very negative situation. So this lady was waiting in the waiting room. So she just stand up and she told me I can help you. And she was the person who helped me to log in instead of the lady in the front desk. 
and for me it was a really bad experience but uh, I also had a good experience not too long ago I went to the dentist and I was an emergency nobody was with me I explained to them I'm able to fill it up all the papers and because I'm legally blind so they were happy to help me as soon as I asked them for help, uh, somebody helped me to fill it up all the paperwork. I think it's neat how you sort of had both experiences and that just lets you know that it's not always going to be a frustrating type of experience, but at least you know that you can self-advocate when you need to. And that's great that it was a good experience, Norma. But an issue here is privacy a lot of times is a privilege for people who are blind. And it was great that the lady was able to help you in the waiting room, but she's a fellow patient. You shouldn't have to share your medical information with a stranger. That's a good point. Sometimes we ourselves forget that we deserve to be treated with the same dignity that everybody else gets. It's important for us to remember that when we're in those situations. A part of that self-advocacy process is not only asking for the help that you need, but also making it clear, this is personal information. I don't want to share this information in the waiting room in front of everybody. When presented in a situation like that, I always present it, well, you need the information from me to do your job. And I'm more than willing to provide you that information. I just can't do it in the normal fashion that everybody else can. And so if you're willing to work with me, I'm more than willing to work with you. And that generally seems to move the process along a bit. Yesterday, I had to make an appointment for my son to get vaccinated because he's starting a new school. And my wife and I have planned things because she's normally working on, on what to do and what to say. And I called the pediatrician and let him know that I was coming by myself and I was visually impaired. So if there was any paperwork that uh, I needed to fill out that was extra, um, I would need assistance. And when I arrived, there was no issues. I mean, they were very friendly. They were kind. They were even helping me on where to sign. And it was just a overall a really good experience. So, so far, I'm one for one. <laughs> That's a really good example, Daniel. I love that because I think a lot of people forget that you can call ahead of time and let them know, hey, just so you know, I'm, I'm blind. I'm going to need some assistance with the paperwork. And in my experience, I found that that is really helpful because you, you are kind of taking your chances when you walk in a doctor's office and, you know, ask for assistance because you don't always know if someone's going to be available, how they're going to respond. When you're in an emergency situation, you don't have the luxury of planning ahead, but it is good when you're not in an emergency to kind of have a plan in place. So that way you won't experience so many bumps in the road. Joseph, I'd like to backtrack. When you were in the emergency room and you had a, a really tough experience, what were some of the specific things that you said in terms of getting them to help you with the paperwork and maybe not focus so much on the fact that you couldn't see? Because it seems like they kind of got lost in that detail. Mainly what I did was I was very clear and concise about what I needed help with specifically and what I didn't need help with. And just clearly explaining the things that I could do and I needed help doing was really all it took for them to kind of understand what they needed to do. When I first explained that, you know, I have vision loss, they were concerned that I couldn't even see where I was going. I just kind of explained to them, you know, I have vision loss, I can still see enough, but I have difficulty with reading regular size print, seeing details on small objects. And so just kind of explaining that to them as concisely as I could 
really help get the situation moving forward. I love those examples, Joseph. You use the words clear and concise. Something I think to keep in mind is while self-advocacy is definitely important, there are also resources that we can use to get the same information that everyone else gets. For example, there are a couple of apps that we can use either on the Android or the iPhone to give us the information that we need by scanning documents, giving us general information, etc. Even though it doesn't necessarily help us to fill out that paperwork, it at least gives us an idea of what's on the page. Using your technology is very important in this case, if it's possible. If it isn't possible, then yes, the staff need to step up and accommodate. It's a courtesy if you let them know ahead of time, but you're not required to because sometimes you can't. Sometimes you have to be there and there's no warning. In the case of an app, as Mary Beth was saying, it won't help you to find the blanks on the paper. So there are two services I want to mention, and I mentioned both of them to make a distinction between them. One service that's been out for several years is called Be My Eyes, and it's an app on your phone which connects you with volunteers. So you don't know the experience they have in helping blind people, whether it's some or none. And you would never use it for sensitive information like filling out medical documents or showing your mail or anything like that. It can be used for other things. Another app which will help you further in this regard is IRA. That's A-I-R-A, stands for Artificial Intelligence Remote Access. This app has trained agents who are background checked, and so they deal with more sensitive information. If you send them the paperwork with a phone scan, they can fill it out with you and send you back the filled out copy. That's one way of dealing with paperwork. I'd like to switch gears a little bit to talk about not just the way that others approach us, but our mindset about specific situations and how we handle it internally and emotionally. Christy, would you like to talk a little more about that? I think it's really important to keep in mind that when we meet staff, that they're very busy, at least in my experiences. And when we ask them for additional help, they've got to figure out how to help us. And if we're positive and have a patient attitude and assume they will want to help us, but may have to figure out their timing and not be defensive or angry, they're going to be more willing to help us. I completely agree. And I think there is definitely a right and a wrong way to self-advocate. Sometimes I think when people hear the word self-advocacy, it's such a broad term and everybody kind of has their own definition of what that is. People think you're pounding on the table and you're getting in someone's face and that's just not always the case. And sometimes you do have to be very assertive depending on how much pushback you're receiving but it doesn't always mean something that turns into a conflict. It can just be a simple exchange of information from one person to another. I actually used to work with a lady who had an ex-husband who was completely blind, who was independent, he traveled around the world, he just trotted the globe and just did whatever he wanted to do. Unfortunately, he really didn't have a very good attitude and he ended up demanding a lot of things from a lot of people and he kind of approached the world as sort of an entitled person where he was just angry all the time. And I think people can sense that when you are angry, people tend to sort of give back that attitude. Treating someone with the same respect that we would like to be treated, I think, is really important. I think the general rule is to have a 
solution-based approach. If you have a lot of solution-based answers to their questions, especially with physical examples like using your iPhone with them looking at your screen and seeing that you're using a regular device. I think that's absolutely true. And we can use those moments not only to self-advocate, but to also educate and help people understand that we really can do what everybody else does. We just do it a little differently. My husband had to get surgery a couple years ago, and it was just a basic outpatient surgery. My husband is blind as well. And we were at the hospital, and the doctor was kind of dancing around a question. I think, I don't know if he was afraid of offending me or what, but he basically was asking, do you live alone? Can you manage the medication? Can he keep track of what he's taking? And I had to give him specific examples. Let me just reassure you, we're independent. This is what we do. This is how we do A, B, C, and D. There's a lot of resources that we use to help us to answer your question. Yes, we do live independently. And basically, I think that was enough to reassure him because he was like, okay, fine. And he walked away. He was kind of a high, strong individual. But I think giving those specific examples answered his question enough to reassure him that we could indeed manage our medication. We were just like everybody else. And he didn't have to worry about that. It goes back to the motive of why people are hesitant to assist in those situations. I think a lot of it has to do with fear and being afraid of the unknown, maybe having preconceived misconceptions that they have developed either from the media or just not knowing and not understanding. And a lot of people are afraid to ask those questions. I want to mention another resource here from the National Braille Press. This is a book by Deborah Kendrick called Navigating Healthcare, when all they can see is that you can't. And it's a book of experiences, good and bad, kind of like what we're talking about here in this episode. Thank you so much, Matthew, for that recommendation. I think just the title of that is very telling. I think we can all relate to that to some degree or other. And I think it's important to have a plan ahead of time, talk to people maybe who have been through similar experiences and learn along the way the do's and don'ts of sort of how to approach that situation. I really appreciate everybody participating in this discussion, and it's something that can really help a lot of people, and I just appreciate everybody's participation and willingness to share. Thank you for listening to See It Our Way, a podcast to help with awareness regarding blindness and low vision. Please click like and subscribe to follow our journey and connect with us through our website, www.seeitourway.org slash FBC podcast, and through all of our social media channels.